This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. name is Jesus Christ. He's going to come. And throughout all these years, even up to today, we could be so grateful that God created us out of his own image for us not to look at animals or creatures or anything, but to look to him and not suppress the truth that he is God above all things. That there's only one God and that we have a free will to love him and serve him and to worship him. He's given us that freedom. And though we have sinned, grace, grace, Paul states that, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Pastor Eddie tells us that this means that God made man with an inherent knowledge of him. All of us deep down know that we were created by God. We can see it in the incredible world around us if we fail to see it in ourselves. This means God and his coming judgment are real. This means that we need Christ to receive his grace. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie as he continues in his message. Isaac Newton believed in God. And to prove that, he, that there is a God to his colleagues, what he did was he removed all the furniture from his living room. And in his living room, he built a solar system. And after he built this solar system in his room, he invited his friends over who didn't believe in God. They come in and they see this solar system just been built in his living room, beautiful. And they were amazed. And they said, how did this get here? Who put this here? And you know what Isaac Newton said? It just happened. (laughs) He proved to them that nothing comes out of nothing. All the creation testify of God's existence. But man know deep inside their hearts Deep within their beings, there is something more than what meets the eye. There is something greater than we are. And we did not just come happen by chance. It doesn't make sense theologically, and I never majored in this. (laughs) I'm not a professor of university. Let me tell you, stick with your Bible. It's the greatest textbook. It's the wisdom of God. And God gives you the wisdom and logic. The things, the chances of life to happen, to have life in this world, you know what the chances are? For example, very simple illustration. I give you 10 pennies. 10 pennies, I number each penny, 1 through 10. Each penny, penny 1, penny 2, penny 3, 4, 10. Now you take all those pennies and put it in your pocket, shaking it all up without looking, put your hand in your pocket. What are the chances of you taking out number 1, penny number 1? 1 in 10. Okay, leave penny number one there. What are the chances of you pulling out the next one to be number two? One in a hundred. What are the chances of you pulling out in your pocket without looking penny number three? You see, all the way to ten is impossible. But to have everything to 
line up that it has to create intelligent life here. Oxygen, air, the sun, if it was an inch closer, I don't know if it's an inch or a mile, who cares, but closer, we'll burn. If it was an inch or a mile further, we will freeze. The magnetic field, everything. It didn't just happen. So we all know deep within us, whether we sense it within our being or looking around and look at all of nature and look into the sky, we know that there is a God. The psalmist writes in Psalms chapter 19, verses 1 to 3, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where the voice is not heard. You know, this is one you have to look. I wish I could put it here because of time I can't. Go to YouTube and, and, and find um, Luis Giglio. Luis Giglio, what he did was he took sounds of all, everything from a whale, from the sound of a nebula in, 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 in up in, this heaven, in the skies, and the beating, it put them together. It just put just natural, no studio work or nothing. And what it did, it formed a beautiful orchestra. A man took the cricket, the sound, the recording of a cricket, and you could Google this too. And he recorded the cricket, and he slowed the pace of that sound. That's the only thing he did. He slowed it so slow that it sounds like a million-voice choir. Google it. All the creation testifies of God. They have no problem to prove there's a God. But why is man suppressing the truth when God has showed it and revealed it to us? There is a God. Don't listen to the professors. You know, regardless of what they put on National Geographic's Discovery Channel, History Channel, you know, they're telling you about your God, and then they read the Bible just to go against it. But how can an unsaved individual or a man interpret the things that are in spirit if they don't have the Holy Spirit in their heart? Job writes, chapter 12, verse 7 through 9, he says, But now ask the beasts, and they will teach you. And the birds of the air, and they will tell you. Or speak to the earth, and it will teach you. And the fish of the sea will explain to you. Who among all these does, all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? Now, I don't want you to start talking to birds, talking to the earth. But you understand, they know, they all testify of God. Man wants to suppress the truth. Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, I can see how it might be possible for a man to look down upon the earth and be an atheist. But I cannot conceive how he could look up into the heavens and say there is no God. There is a God. Even God's invisible attributes that Paul writes here are clearly seen. How are they seen? How can one see attributes that are invisible? If I am a being that God created, I can learn something about God by looking at myself. I see myself as one who can love, one who cares, one who can reason, one who is spiritual. So I conclude that God loves, God cares, and God reasons, and he's spiritual, of course, beyond beyond the way I do. He loves more than I do. He cares more than I do. So we conclude that there is a God. 
so we can see the attributes of God in nature. Example, our conscious and our mind. In our conscience and mind, we can tell us that there is a God. And God has given a general uh, revelation and a natural revelation that is clear to both creation, to man, within his heart, and within his conscience. There is in every man a knowledge that there is a God. And so Paul says, this man and every man are left without excuse. Every man is left without excuse. So the age-old question, oh, what about uh, the man in the jungle? I always get that. When I used to share the gospel, the people in New York City, in Harlem, they worry about a guy in, in Africa, or not Africa, in, in the jungle. So listen, I'm sharing about salvation to you. Why are you worried about the guy in the jungle? And the question was, if a man was in the jungle, he lived all his life, never heard about Jesus, never heard about the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you take him to this verse. They left without excuse. They got trees where they are, don't they? They know what an animal is, right? They can look in the mirror, look and see the reflection in the, in the still waters. Uh, they, they know that they exist. And that's enough. And that's sufficient according to God. And you may say, well, if you didn't say the sinner's prayer, now you're getting, real, now you're getting legalistic. Now you're getting religion. Now you're getting into works. Because God's going to judge them based on what they know. And if God created the heavens for certain people to understand and acknowledge him and glorify him, as a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure the guy in the jungle who looks at creation can actually appreciate and acknowledge God more than those that have their Bible. So they're left without excuse. And if God is a righteous judge, he will judge them fairly. Well, this is what you know. This is what you don't know. You knew about this, but you refused so don't worry about the man in the jungle. You know, people would ask me, Pastor, what about, I have a relative who's, um, you know, 30 years old, but he has the mind of a two-month-old. Praise the Lord. They're going to heaven. Because if a child is not, uh, not judged because of the base, uh, they're not at the age of accountability, they don't know right from wrong, All children go to heaven. I know some of your parents may not agree with your kids. That's just kidding. All kids go to heaven. They're at the age of accountability. When they, when they get to the age of accountability, when they know right from wrong, when they have to make a decision, that is the reason why we don't baptize babies. They need to make that decision for themselves. You baptize a baby. What if they grow up to be an atheist? What if they grow up to be a Satanist priest? So... God knows. And let God worry about them. You worry about your own salvation. And so, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, speaking by the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, so that they are left without excuse. Verse 21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And so in God's courtroom, Paul is making it clear that every man is left without excuse. Every man has sinned and falls short of God's standards. But man refused to acknowledge and honor God. 
They have no problem with the gifts of God and what are the gifts of God. They have no problem to breathe the air that God created. They have no problem with the sun and the rain. They have no problem eating the the fruits that come from the ground, uh, but they fail to give him glory for that. And that in itself should lead one to acknowledge that there is a God. They refuse to worship him. And what does the Lord has to say about such a man, an individual? Verse 22, professing to be wise, they became fools. Professing to be wise, they became fools. The Greek word for fool here, we get in the English word, moron. That's, hey, it's the Greek. It's in the Greek, moron. Again, when, you know, when I watch these programs, they try to uh, use their wisdom above God's when it comes to his creation. You know, how does that make one feel when someone builds something? Let's say Adam Butler built something. You know, Adam, he builds things. Besides his hair, letting it grow. Let's say Adam built something. It has all these gadgets and things like that. And then all of a sudden you look at it and it says, no, that's not the way you put it together. That's not how you build it. Really? I built it. You're going to tell me how I built it? You know? It's the same way with God. How are you going to tell man how we came to be? Professing to be wise, they became fools. Be careful what you watch in National Geographic's. Be careful what you watch in the History Channel and Discovery Channel. I watch it now just for entertainment. That's pretty, pretty much what it's all about. You're, this week, you already learned not to depend on anything on TV, right? Okay, let's just leave it there. <laughs> Thinking to be wise, above the word of God, above God, they became fools. Stick with your Bible. The Bible gives you history. The Bible gives you how it's created. If you believe in God, you shouldn't believe in evolution. You shouldn't believe in what the professors are saying. Sounds so technical. They got all these big words and terminologies that, well, you know, well, we don't know that, but we believe. There you go. Scientists believe. You believe that we came out of back of crystals? You need more faith in that than you do in believing in God. If you believe in God, in the beginning, God, you have no problem with the rest of the book. In the beginning, God, you have no problem that he created heaven and earth. Because in the beginning was God, and he created everything out of nothing. The Hebrew word is bara, B-A-R-E, means create out of nothing. And that's how everything was created. And so they get these certificates, they put it on the wall, they got a PhD from Philly, a BLT from Mickey D's. It doesn't matter. Your Bible is the best textbooks you have. The best textbook you have. Verse, 20, uh, verse 23. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. Because they don't believe in God. Let's create a God. I don't believe in God. Let's create a God. Uh, how are we going to make him look? Well, let's make him look like me. And so they pose a man. They create an image of God. Instead of man being created God's image, is man's made God out of man's own image. And so they become fools. 
If, if, and here's the, the, the craziest thing. If a man made it, how powerful can it be? What kind of God is it that it was made? It should be the other way around. It is to change something of real worth. This is what they, they're changing something of real worth, and that's the glory of God for something of no value, an image made of wood, plaster, whatever they make it out of. They changed the glory of incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and and four-footed animals and creepy things. The Egyptians believed in this. This is the reason why when God sent the ten plagues, he didn't just go into his bag and, you know, just, ah, let me see, what should I do? What should I punish them with? No. The ten plagues was against the ten gods, Ten of the many gods that they worship. You love frogs? Yeah, sure. You like frogs? I'm going to give you frogs. Everywhere, in their beds, in their pillows, in the pillowcase, in the shower, in their ovens, in their microwaves. Well, you know, they didn't have microwaves. I just want you to relate with it. You know, frog pot pies and <laughs> frog legs, you know, barbecue. You love frogs? I'm going to give you frogs. Or even like the, uh, the beetle. You ever see it in the, in the hieroglyphics? You see their painting. They believe in a beetle bug. So you have animals. Now you have a bug. And this bug is not just any other beetle. This is a beetle dung. It's gross. And this is what they did. The reason why they said, this has got to be a god. Look at this. And you know what a beetle dung does? It takes dung and it makes it into a ball. And it rolls it. And so they're thinking, wow, that's how the gods move the sun and the and the moon. Wow, there it goes. Oh, we got to worship bugs. Darkened hearts and darkened minds. Now they, everything is a God. We don't believe in God. We don't want God. We know it's deep within us. God has shown it to us, but we suppress the truth. We want to create a God. And instead of evolution, man being uh, uh, lifted, brought up, guess what? It's devolution. We're going down. From God to man to a four-legged creature, I mean, birds in the air, four-legged creatures, now they're worshiping insects. And that's what darkness brings man. We have pushed God out in so many ways. It's sad. God loved us so much. He created the Garden of Eden. He created everything in the beginning, the stars, the moon, and his best, he left his best for last. His greatest creation of all is a reflection of who he was. He said, let us create man in our image. Genesis chapter 3, verse 26. It says, then God said, let us, plural, not just one individual, let us make man our, our plural, image, according to our, plural, likeness. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not angels. Angels can't create. create. We didn't come out like angels. L- well, definitely we didn't come out. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. The same order we see God has given dominion over. He said, I want you to have dominion over this. But we end up worshiping it. And it's sad. We have gone downhill. God created us out of his image because he loves us. He loves us. You know, he says, you know what? I want want to create something that's close and dear to my heart. It's going to be a reflection of me. But men have sinned. Men have sinned. 
When Adam walked in the cool of the night, in the day with the Lord, he walked with the Lord until he took of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. All the trees that God created. Adam, you could eat of any tree you want. But you see that one tree there? That's the only tree you should not take. Thousands and thousands of trees. You got a tree of apples. You got a tree of fruit salad. You got a latte tree. You got all these trees. And you see that tree right there? It may look good, but don't eat it. Now you would say, why would God put that there? Well, that tree there was supposed to prove to God that we love him enough to be obedient and not take it. It had to prove that man, had, man was given a free will. God doesn't force anybody to love him. And you were given a free will. You have all of this. Just don't touch that one. The day you eat of it, the day you shall die. And when man ate, even that, we see the grace of God. The grace of God. God could have said, you know what? That was a bad idea doing that. Oh, I'm just going to start a new heaven and earth, you know? God's grace. There's going to be one. His name is Jesus Christ. He's going to come. And throughout all these years, even up to today, we could be so grateful that God created us out of his own image. For us not to look at animals or creatures or anything, but to look to him and not suppress the truth that he is God above all things. There's only one God. And that we have a free will to love him and serve him and to worship him. He's given us that freedom. And though we have sinned, grace, grace. Though we deserve the wrath of God, grace, I'm going to send my son, my only begotten son. He will take your place, and my wrath will be poured out on him instead of you. That is grace. And so Paul has made it clear, we all sin. Now he's going to get, studies, Lord willing, in the next couple of Sundays, we're going to fall into those groups and Paul's now, he proved that man's sin, man knew about God. God revealed it to man, what man has done to it. He's going to point out three groups. He's going to say, Your Honor, I would like to bring to the stand the Gentile, the deprived Gentile. And then after he gets into the stand, I'm going to bring the guy who thinks he has moral rights and prove that he's a sinner. And then guess what? Last but not least, the people of the, of the law, I'm going to bring the Hebrews, the Jews, those who had the covenant of God, the promise of the Messiah. I'm going to bring them to the stand and show that they too are sinful people. For all have sinned. All fall short of the glory of God. This is, let me tell you, this is going to be better than the, uh, any uh, major legal court battles that you ever see on TV. It's right here in the scriptures. And it's going to prove that we're all sinners. Oh, we're sinners saved by grace. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Pastor Eddie Pinero has been walking through the book of Romans with us, teaching us the truth and values found in its pages. As we continue to learn along with the recipients of Paul's letter, we'll find that the gospel message is present and practical for everyday life. If you've been touched by today's teaching and would like to listen again, you can find it on runningtheraceradio.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to the Running the Race podcast. When you do, you'll have access to the latest teachings as soon as they're made available. 
You can also connect with us on social media. Like our Facebook page to join the conversation and add some encouragement to your newsfeed. Before our time with you today comes to an end, we'd like to take a moment and tell you how you can partner with us here at Running the Race. With more, here's Tracy. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that running the race is missionary work? It is. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting running the race. Go to runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Give option in the main menu. Thanks, Tracy. That website one more time is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks again for joining us today. Join us again for another insightful edition of Running the Race.